Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Uh, thank you, Pastor Charlie and the elders, especially you, uh, Rod, for uh, giving me your space. Anyway, thank you so much. And uh, years ago, I, I said a prayer, and whether it was in a in a weakness or in strength or or surrender, I said, "Here I am, Lord." <laughs> Here I am, Lord. Send me. And He did. Ah. Uh, I never had a desire to go to Africa, and uh, you got to be careful what you pray for sometimes because God will sneak up and, and he'll give you what you ask for. Um, this thing here, and I'll let Terry explain it, it, it has significance. This started our team of, what we call our team of six. Uh, doctors, nurses, uh, a Baptist preacher, and Terry and I. <laughs> we call it our team of six. And I'll let Terry, uh, there, this is significant, but I'll, I'll let her explain all this. But uh, <clears throat> um, I remember in grade school, uh, the teacher would show us maps in, in geography class or whatever it was, and Europe and Spain. And I remember um, Italy because it was like a boot. I mean, that stuck out of my mind, never thinking I would ever go there, which I have. But Africa was probably, I always thought of it as wild animals, zebras, Elephants and that kind of thing. <clears throat> and when Terry started flying there, uh, she would bring back pictures of, of the third world uh, Africa, and I had no desire to go there. She talked me into going, and uh, the first time I went, I got sick. I got a parasite, Giardia. I threw up all the way home, and, and worse, and, uh, about 18 hours of throwing up, and you, you think you can't do it anymore. I never wanted to go back after that. And... Uh, so, but she talked me into going the next time, and my heart just, I fell in love with the people. When these little kids come up and give you a hug and call you Papa, and, and uh, when you're coming back and, and this kind of thing, you, your heart changes. It just changes. No one could be a racist and go to Africa. You, you just can't do it. Uh, you, you love the people. The people are, are smiley. They're, they're generous. I mean, they'll give you their last morsel of food over there. And so Terry and I both just fell in love with them. And uh, so we, we met Pastor James. He's been here at the church. Some of you have met him and some of you haven't. But uh, uh, we fell in love with him. Terry first, and she, she would go visit him and stay with he and his wife and, and, uh, and, and the kids. And they just more or less called us Papa or like a grandfather over there. And um, Terry would take the food from the airplanes and take it to the marketplace and, and st start feeding the kids in the marketplace. And they would swarm her. And then we started taking clothes over, 50-pound bags of clothes. And I hated it because she would go, and I'd have to take these 50-pound bags of clothes. And we, we, would, we would max it out, 49.5, I tell you. And I carried two. I still had to pay. So anyway, and then we started flying. I started flying over with her, and, and uh, James would, uh, his outside church with a canvas on top and, and all this kind of stuff. And you see, Dan, you're preaching. I go, <laughs> so we had to get an interpreter, of course, but uh, but it didn't matter because I can make mistakes and nobody nobody knew what I was saying anyway. But uh, anyway, uh, that's what that's what we're doing. And uh, uh, Susie, are you back there? Can you play the video for us? I kind of want to give you a, just a view. It's just a, f a few minutes and just a video of what Africa looks like here. There's a song on there. If you could turn that up a little bit. <clears throat> There's Terry, giving out food. There's one she's a flight attendant. That's what it looks like, guys. Third world. That was James' house when he was building it. There's Terry's teaching how to sew. Sound of the nations calling. There's the chief. 
This is the clinic right ready to ready to get uh, medical help. <laughs> the sound of the fatherless crying. Who will go for us? I know, I know. Who will shout to the corners of the earth that Christ is King? That's our church, church outside church. Oh, I think I will. That's Terry taking drum lessons. <laughs> this guy's a Christian. He's a strong Christian. He's a drum maker. Carry everything on our head. I, I never understood. Everybody works over there. Everybody works over there. You, you know, there's no bumps on the street. They work. And even though it's more, this guy, I don't know why he's done him so long. But he did this little thing on fasting. Like us with the yoga. Yeah, we're. <laughs> Kingdom is coming. I know. Like, oh, we speak. We got what I need. I find it. I need. I need. I need. I need. I need. And I know Rod plays the drum, but it's not as easy as, as it looks. It's very difficult. The nations worship. We're a part of that sound. Hear the sound. fast. This was actually a, this is some from Brawl, and I did a really good job. It's, it's the city. It's the city life. That's it. Well, Terry, I'm going to show you some pictures of it a little bit later, and Terry explain all this. And uh, let's see here. I just want to read Matthew 25, verse 34. And uh, Susie, you got you have that in the NLT. <clears throat> if not, it's no big deal. You can't find it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. I'm going to read it. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or, th or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? 
And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And that just, that just touched my heart. I mean, it's just like uh, uh, when you see those little hungry kids with their bloated bellies and, and, and they look up to you like you're, you're a blessing, which, I mean, Terry and I don't do it. It's, it's all God. God put us there. God's doing it through, through Terry and us and our, and our team. And we just give God all the credit and, and, and all the glory. Okay, are you ready? You were ready a while ago. <laughs> Please tell me if you can't hear me with this thing. Why well, know you can't hear me? <laughs> I got I had to say I have to say I got so excited so excited I mean that bug bit you you know how it feels you just get so excited because I mean when when God when you finally know what your assignment is there's nothing like it you know we might not do anything else for God in this lifetime which I know that's not the case but you know what I think Dan and I I know Dan and I can say that we've done this part well and not perfect because we only do in part, you know, because we're human. But I can stand and, and, and smile and uh, feel him saying, well and good, well done. And, um, and I can go to bed at night when I'm thinking about Ghana and praying for Ghana and, and, and I know he's pleased. And that's what it's all about, it's about him. But um, anyway, Everybody loves a story. Don't we all love stories? We just love stories. You know, big stories. God tells big stories. You going to help me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Everybody love. Oh, that is better. <laughs> anyway, we all love a story. We all love big stories. I mean, soap operas. I mean, my goodness, you know, now they're at nighttime. They're at the whole evening is full of soap operas. But God rate, makes and writes the biggest screenplays, the biggest stories. His stories are the biggest. He's drama, drama, drama when we really get to know him and we know that. When we see hearts changed and transformed, there's nothing like it. When we see someone come up here and we know God's got him, he's finally like zapped them like Stephanie says. There's nothing like it to watch that scene, that scene in that movie. A wonderful friend of mine, an 81-year-old friend of mine, has told me it's only a movie. It's God's big, huge, long movie. And all we're responsible for is our part. We don't have to play anything else. But we just got to seek him and find what our part is, our assignment is, and stay in our own lane. We aren't God juniors. We just stay in our own lane. That's the hardest part when you're type A is to stay in your own lane. So anyway, I wanted to start out with that, and I was going to pray, but I pretty well said my prayer there. But um, these props here, because we like a story, for 39 years knowing the Lord, you know, missionaries would get up there, and, and their heart's right there, but they can be so boring because they don't market it or tell the real story. You know what I'm saying? And so I thought, well, you know what? I want everyone to see the story, the real true thing, the heart, the heart, the heart. So this here is Lakeisha. We've named her Lakeisha. She's the one that started, he's the one that started our, our, our mission, actually. And I'll get to that in just a minute. These are just a few things from Africa. When I would go over there like three or four years before our mission even started, um, or before I even knew James. I was going to Ghana several years before I knew James. And I would go to the marketplace, and everybody bought the shea butter. And feel free to take one of these little things. There's shea butter in there. And there's a little thing here telling you about it. And then those are our brochures. But shea butter, they do it in the northern part, and they use it for everything. They use it for cooking. They use it for a hair emollient. They use it if, if a child is sick. They will cover that infant totally from head to toe with shea butter all night long, and it will wake up well. I don't know why, but it does. They do. And this is black soap. And this soap, you can take like a sliver, and it will foam like the most expensive shampoo and last forever and is medicinal. So we can chop that up and give you some of that later too. And then this here 
this is one of the two bags, three bags I would take with me on my trips and stuff this with the leftover sandwiches and anything I could get in there to pass out to the people there, the kids in the marketplace. So that's that. And then over here, you see the, the pink things. That's where Ghana is. It's West uh, Africa, right on the coast down there by where Liberia and then on up is Senegal. And then, of course, down is, is Cape Town in South Africa. Nigeria is very close to Ghana. So anyway, enough of that. Um, I truly do believe, as you guys know in your own lives, those that, that know him, that God's divine appointments and uh, his divine design is the best of all. And this was truly God's divine design. Got it. Okay. Um, as you well know, we're commissioned to go out into all the world and tell of him. And obviously, you know that our um, mission is gospel-based. And how many of you do know James when he's come over here? Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So, number one, I would fly over there and go to Ghana, and immediately fell in love with the people. And I watched this flight attendant. She would bring these huge bags, because, you know, we have special privileges, so we had this huge closet up front. And so we would just cram that with stuff to take to Ghana. And she especially would take all of these bags, and she wouldn't go to the hotel with us, and I kept watching her. And she came, anyway, it was a big deal for her to bring those clothes, because she would have a cab come and get her, take those clothes to orphanages, and then she would come back to the hotel, sleep and whatever. And I thought, oh my gosh, I could do that. So I started doing as much as I could before I knew James and, and started bringing clothes. Well, then our old church, um, the gathering place, Pastor Sam Hill was the, uh, Hen was, thanks, Hen was the pastor there. Well, I was sitting in the, in the um, congregation and all of a sudden I heard uh, Pastor Sam say, we are going to start supporting a missionary in Ghana. And his name is uh, Pastor James Solomon. And I said, I, I sat there, I thought, why do I not know about this? And so immediately the next time I, I got all the information, and um, the next time I went to Ghana, I looked James up and uh, called him. He came and picked me up immediately. So I went to his house and uh, just broke bread with him, as they actually say. And uh, he gave me watermelon juice, and, and we just had the most wonderful time. So that started the relationship. Well, then, uh, the next year, uh, Pastor James came to our church. And Dan and I were sitting there listening to him. And uh, afterwards, I said, well, who, whose house is he staying in? And uh, someone there said, uh, well, Sherry and Mike. You guys remember Sherry and Mike. So Sherry said, nobody is taking care of him. He's in a hotel. So, of course... I was indignant, so Dan and I got in the car. We went and found that hotel, and we brought him to our house, and we hosted him for the duration of his stay. And so every time he would come to the States, then he stayed with us, and we have been so blessed because of that. I mean, you could hear him praying in the Spirit all hours of the night, all hours of the day, and then we would watch him make connections with people in Washington, D.C., and just all over the world, actually. Um. So then after that happened, the last time he was here, time before last he was here, uh, it was over the 4th of July. And I had, uh, my sister had died, and my aunt begged me and convinced me to go to Bible Study Fellowship. I don't know how many know about Bible Study Fellowship. Okay. Well, it's, it's, was, uh, it was formed or created by a Chinese missionary and is just all over the world. Huge Bible study, and they study intensely one book a year. It's amazing. So they were studying the book of Revelation, so I thought, well, I'd like to do that. So I started uh, going to BSF, and I met Gail, who was over the whole area here, like around 400 women. They say they're teaching, but they're really preaching. It's wonderful. And then you have these little groups of women with a leader. Well, Mary um, Littleton was in my group, and I didn't know her. This is another divine uh, design of the Lord's. I didn't know her. She didn't know me, and, uh, but I saw something was going on in her. She was really having some concerns, and to me, that, this is what kingdom really is. Kingdom is 
like, okay, God, I'll go say Jesus loves you, you know, or okay, God, tell me what's going on and I'll go give them food. That's kingdom when you're out there. You know, we come in here and we enjoy each other and we worship and we praise and we honor him and we do all those things, but then we're supposed to go back out and give it away. And that's kingdom. That is kingdom. So anyway, Mary is sitting in this little group. She's a Baptist and um, didn't know anything else about her other than that. So the Lord told me, take her a bag or take her a gift. So the next week I gave her a Ghana bag, a really nice Ghana bag. And I said, I don't know you, but I just know God wanted me to give you something and just give you a big hug. And uh, she started just weeping. And she said, meet me after the thing. So she said, you have no idea what you did for me. She said, I am lost. She said, my husband, uh, we've been pastoring for 42 years, and we just retired to move to Deltona from the Palm Coast. Better? From the Palm Coast. She said, we had a good-sized church over there. That was our life. That's where we lived. That was everything. She said, I'm just lost. And she said, being a pastor's wife all those years, I don't know where God's taken me. And uh, she said, for you to touch my heart with this, it, it just really, you know, did a lot for me. So anyway, we kind of bonded, never thought much more about it. I, you know, so after that revelation that year, Mary realized that I might be type A and a leader of some sort. So she threw me under the bus and told Gail, the big honcho, big, big one, that she wanted me to teach under her in the preschool program. And I said, well, God, that's just like you, because I cannot handle people anymore. 25 years of in those tubes, 42,000 miles above the earth, I am over people. I, I seriously did not want to be around people. I thought, just give me my little back porch in my Bible a few hours a day just to just linger with you, Father. Don't you love to just linger with him? I just love to just linger with him. I don't know where that came from, but just anyway. So anyway, I thought that's what my life was going to be after I retired, just lingering with him and just having all the time I needed and wanted to with him. Instead of running to the airport and getting up to JFK and going here and there, literally all over the world. So anyway... Gail had to interrogate me. They called it an interrogation when Gail came to interview you for, for a position. So she came to my house, and I was nervous. I got to tell you, she's one of those type A leader, leader people that somewhat intimidating. And um, so she's sitting on my couch, and Lakeisha here is across the room. And she has all of her, she's like structured Pastor Charlie and Susie know. They've been to the dinners that we've had, so they kind of have an idea. They're pretty big in their community. So she looks at Lakeisha, and she just stops, and she says, what's that? I said, what? She goes, that statue. She goes, I said, well, I brought that from Africa. And she looked at me like, Africa? When? And she literally said, when were you in Africa? And just <laughs> just like the conversation just went. And I said, well, you know I'm a retired flight attendant. She goes, yes. And I said, you know, I flew international. She goes, well, yeah. I said, well, I w I've been going to Africa for years, Gail. She goes, you brought that back from Africa? And her mind just couldn't process. I said, yeah. She goes, she changed her countenance and everything. She said, you think we could go there? Like a little girl. She said, my husband, you know, he's Dr. Wadsworth. He's a doctor. He's, he's a doctor in, in um, the land. And that's what his heart has always been, is to, to be a medical missionary. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah, you think that could happen? I said, yeah, sure. And she just <laughs> looked at me. Well, James had just left a couple weeks ago. And James, we had taken him over to Mary Littleton and Pastor Dennis's house for the 4th of July. They didn't even know him other than that. So here's how God does, and I just love how he does this. So anyway, so Gail goes, well, okay. I said, well, I'll call him. I'll let you know. Well, she's one of those. She's uh, not intense, purposely driven. So you're welcome. So she comes, she calls me the very next week and she says, can you come over and have dinner? And Dan and I are going, oh my. I said, yeah, sure, sure. Well, so then I told Mary at the next BSF meeting and she goes, well, yeah, we're coming too. I said, what do you mean you're coming too? 
She goes, well, he, she just invited us. Now, who would have known that? That was God, you know? I mean, that was God. So I said, Mary, I'm nervous. I'm just not, you know. And she goes, I'm not either, but it's not about you, so we're just going to go. So we went to dinner. <laughs> we went to dinner, and, I mean, Gail had her itinerary, you know, and all that. We met Dr. Lyle, who has such a heart of mercy and grace. The man just loves everybody. I mean, humble, just the sweetest, kindest man. Gail will tell you he's the nice one. And that is the way it is. So yeah. Right. So he still has a part after me. So so anyway, so we get to dinner, talk about it. And I said, well, I did call James. And he said, absolutely, we can do a medical mission trip. So anyway, push came to shove, and we got busy and planned it and everything. So the first trip we went over, and we examined 600 people. Lyle and his grandson, who had been thinking about being a doctor following in his grandpa's footsteps, went over, and between Lyle and his grandson, they examined 600 people. The whole entire police department, where James is, you saw that family on there, James's wife is a policewoman. You don't even get near them. I mean, they are business. I mean, she, like, uniform. So anyway, so we examined all of the police department, and then we examined uh, the people in James's village where he lives. It was just incredible. As Rodney knows, I mean, you just, when you give them anything, you just, you just feel such a reward. Your heart just like, you know. So anyway, that was the first trip, and I mean, Mary and, oh, I forgot to tell you, Mary and Gail are both RNs. So, I mean, they did all the triage over there. And then uh, Dennis did the, uh, Dennis and Dan, Pastor Dennis and Dan, um, did the, um, the gospel, you know, talking about Jesus. They had these little cubes, those little cubes that tell the story and pass things around. And um, then I was just admin. I was admin person. I made sure everything got done and everybody was where they were supposed to be, which is a lot of work. And um, so that's what I was. So anyway, uh, that was successful, that first trip. And I mean, we would go back to the hotel, and the hotel was like this rough place. I mean, there were dirty pictures in the bathrooms, and I mean, it was like some, I mean, really. And uh, so we named, it was called Lakeisha, so we named him Lakeisha after that hotel we stayed in the first time. So that's what happened uh, with Lakeisha. So you guys, there's a story to this. This is when uh, Ghana was under uh, colonialism with Britain. And what they would do in rebellion, they would carve these statues. This is an original. They would uh, carve these statues and sit them out in their yards to kind of spit at the British people. And that you could get them as doctors, as nurses, or whatever figure that they wanted to put in their yard. So that's what that's all about. I wanted one all those years, finally brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. So, and they still talk about it. You, I mean, <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. You're right, Rodney. That's exactly. I know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, anyway, this first trip. We had uh, two huge clinics. We went to everybody, and we sat there, and, you know, I would line them up, and then uh, um, Dr. Lyle would examine them and, you know, all that. And after the trip was over, when we came back home, uh, we started talking. We said, you know what? Right before we left, James, as you well know James, you two know him better than most here, he handed Dr. Lyle this thick book of plans for a huge, beautiful clinic, medical clinic. And, of course, Dr. Lyle, I don't know that you guys know about DeLand, but he and five other doctors are the ones that founded the Samaritan House in DeLand. That is for the homeless. Um, so they think big. He and Gail think big. And so we brought those, he brought those plans home. We had a meeting, and uh, Lyle said, I don't know how we're going to do this. So he, he talked to an architect that he knew. The architect went over the things. He goes, there's a lot missing here. He said, this would really, you know, be a challenge. And he figured out it was going to be like 60000 just to start it and all of this. So anyway, Dr. Lyle went to Advent Health, to his peers, 
and asked them if they would want to give. They had a huge benevolency fund. I mean, a lot of money in there. And Lyle thought they would just jump right on this, you know, because he's known them for 40 years and all that. Well, they didn't. They just point blank shut it down. Lyle was very disturbed and upset. He didn't under, couldn't understand why they weren't more giving. But we were praying, and in my heart, I thought, God wants to bless someone else. He wants to bless other people. And I just felt that. That was just what I heard and what I saw. So anyway, after that was all over, we knew we were going to get the big, huge 60000 is what he had asked for from that group of people. We thought, well, this isn't happening. Well, then we just started seeking the Lord and praying. And then all of a sudden, uh, Dr. Lyle and Gail said, or Dr. Lyle and Gail had gone to a three-day seminar on mis- uh, missionaries, missionary work. And they had come back, and the only thing they got from that, I mean, they got a lot, but basically was, it has to be totally undergirded by the gospel, which we already knew that. We were going to do that anyway. So he said, you know, we don't have a construct here. And he said, you know what I've been getting when I'm praying? Because they don't really say it like that. When I'm praying, what I get is we're trailblazing here. We're not going to be one of those mission groups that goes in, does their thing, and comes home. We're going to go in and do it completely different. He said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but it's going to be completely different. So from that point on, everything changed. So then all of a sudden, doors just started open. We had a dinner, which Pastor Charlie was there. People just started giving money and giving money. And then we realized we needed a traveling clinic. So with James's help, we developed a traveling clinic. So we now have two midwives and a nurse a huge golf cart, lodging for them. They have a nice computer, and they are out in those first two villages, and they have names of everybody in the village, and they keep tabs on everyone. And then we also have a doctor that comes when there's something really especially wrong. So God worked that out. I mean, it was all God's design, totally all God's design. Well, then after that first mission, all of a sudden we realized this isn't getting it because they still have this dirty old well in this water. And Lyle said, it's about sanitation. We got to do something about better sanitation. So that's when the well came into to focus. And this first well was huge. It's like, got like reverse osmosis and all this stuff. I mean, really, t- really too much, actually. But um, anyway, they can just put their hand under this spigot and they have, they call it sweet water when you can drink it. And they can just get sweet bot- water by the gallons. Huge, big, huge thing. So anyway, I'm trying to think what else you need to hear. So after that, we got the wells going. And then we come back home after, uh, that's after the first uh, trip. And uh, James and Dr. Lyle are going back and forth as far as medicines and what we need and all that kind of thing. And we're getting things all already done. Well, then we go back for the second trip. We, tr- we treat 1,300 that time. We take two doctors with us. The one doctor is, uh, James is a Shunte. He's from the Shunte tribe. They're the mean, not the mean ones, but I mean, you, you like bow to a Shunte tribe people. And uh, so the one doctor that we took over had just done his DNA and he was a Shunte. He was 60% Ghanaian, a Shunte tribe. So it was pretty cool. So they had a big celebration for him and renamed him. And and now it was so it was a lot of fun. So anyway, that was kind of neat. Neat that he was the one that went over there. So we had three doctors, one PA, and and Stephen, their grandson, and we did thirteen hundred people that time at the big huge clinic. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll let Dan do that. No, that's fine. I, you know, you guys, I'm done anyway. Really, we've had two completely uh, successful trips over there, and God just keeps opening the doors. I, we don't know how, we don't know why, but all of a sudden, um, well, then Gail had an encounter with God the second trip. There weren't toilets, and um, we were having breakfast downstairs in the hotel the second trip yeah the second trip and Gail said I've cried all night I've just cried all night don't you guys get it and I said well yeah we get it she goes I just can't stop crying she goes I'm I'm 
I've bought this. I've bought this. She had a counter with God. So when we got back home, she had a big dinner called tea or a tea, tea for toilets. She goes, I'm getting them showers and toilets and everything. So we now have four toilets, four toilets and four showers. They don't know how to even use a toilet or a shower. I'm telling you what, they, I'm serious. You know, that's the other thing I forgot to say because there's so much. For 69 years, this first village, thank you, Susie, you brought Ashwinager is the name of the village. They have prayed for the white man to come through and help them for 69 years. And after that second trip we had, James kept saying, we've got to do more. And the Lord has put this, I've had these, this village on my heart for years. So we said, sure, whatever's on your heart, James, you're our foot soldier over here. You're the one doing the work. You're our hands and feet. So we went with it, and James was so excited. So that's where we uh, built the first well and started taking care of that village. They made Dr. Lyle a chief. He actually owns land. So all six of us own a little bit of land over there. So anyway, what, so what else? And they, they, offer, they offer Dr. Lyle a wife or a goat. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Gail's his wife, Gail and Lyle. So it's, it, they are, it just really is. <laughs> but it really is tribal. The culture that far away from, from Accra is, is, it really is huts. It really is, they have uh, stone ovens outside, they have nothing. But they are the happiest, most peaceful, kindest people you will ever meet. I mean, you just want to gather them all. You know that scripture where God said, I just want to gather them all together? You know, that's how you feel. You just want to hug them and squeeze them and, and do whatever you can. So, honey, it's your turn. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> She says she's not good in front of people. I'll just take a few minutes and close here. But uh, Susie, can you go ahead and put those uh, pictures on uh, on the other? Yeah, okay, there's Ghana. And uh, I'll show you some pictures, some more pictures here of grass huts, uh, or mud huts, actually. Um, you know, it's just like Susie had mentioned. Malaria kills so many people over there. And, and with a $3 medication, you can avoid all this. And there's like, uh, uh, let's see what the statistics are here. Uh, 600, 655,000 people die every year, mostly of malaria over there. 655,000 a year. And they say one child dies every 60 seconds. I don't know where that came from, but it was, it was written, so I assume it's true. Every 60 seconds a child day dies. And, and they used to call it, uh, okay, you can, you can keep going on that. Yeah, I just keep going, yeah. That's uh, that's our team. They're on the right. That's a couple of doctors there. That's our team on the left. Our team of six. And there's a clinic uh, waiting room to get uh, to get some uh, attention. Uh, and uh, you know, you think one one woman will be sitting there, and you think you're going to see one patient, and here she brings four kids up all at once. You know, just like it's like they come out of the shadows. And there's uh, there they are waiting on out. That's another another time we're doing a clinic. Uh, another time, you know, they're lined up, and we, we kind of. Try to put them in order. And there we're giving things away, toothbrushes, toothpaste, uh, clothes, and whatever whatever we can uh, give them. And, again, a, a medical clinic. Here's uh, Gail they're, and they're doing a triage, doing, uh, doing lab th work, uh, diabetes, malaria test, uh, blood pressure, and, and that kind of thing. And then we had a, a pharmacy. And... Um, uh, Yeah, the one on the right, writing the prescription. And uh, that's Dr. Lyle examining someone. And there's our, there's our pharmacy. That's where they give out the medicines. Once, once they, they diagnose a patient, they'll go to that table and, and get, get a prescription. And most of it is pretty, pretty common stuff. And, and malaria medicine, which is three bucks over here. But, uh, and that's, that's at scale. And giving out mosquito nets from mosquitoes. It's hard to believe that a little insect can kill people. You know, uh, but it kills thousands and thousands and thousands of people every year over there. And that's the volunteers that, that we had to doing the lab test and the, and the injections and that kind of stuff. 
And we we bought a bunch of flop flip flops. Uh, we went and bought what a couple hundred pair, two hundred pair. Give them out to the kids because they didn't have shoes. And uh, there they are. And uh, so that helped. And we gave away clothes that some of the people sewed here in the states. We take them over there. And uh, bless their little hearts. I mean, you just want to hug them all. You just want to hug them all. I mean, it's just. It's just unbelievable. And there, we took soccer balls, and you'd think we'd give them a million dollars just play uh, soccer balls. And, uh, and there's there's the well that they were drinking out before we dug the well. Sorry about me moving around here. But that's the old well. And, and animals, and, and it's only about probably three feet deep. But they would they uh, get their water from there. There's a lady doing it, fetching water. And, uh, and another person there. That's the first well over on the right. You see the retainer. Um, and a church that somebody had built in the background there. We used that as, as our medical clinic for a while. And there they are, the proud that they have clean water now. Oshwin, I don't know how to pronounce that. Terry's better at it than me. And, uh, but anyway, <clears throat> there they are. And we, we sent over a, a rototiller so we could have some agriculture. I, I spent 32 years in agriculture, so... Hopefully we can get over there and plant gardens and show them how to plant and how to how to toil the land. And uh, here's Terry. And that behind her is a is a, the, the restroom, and she's showing them how to do it. <laughs> so Terry had to show them how to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you go behind them. I don't know. It's like I I did I did it. I've succeeded here. <laughs> and, and that's our tea, tea for toilets things. That's how we took raised money to build those toilets in the well over there. And that's that's it. That's the well and the toilets and, and all this kind of stuff over there. That they that was our first. We spent too much money on that actually. And uh, that's that's Pastor Dennis uh, showing talking to the kids and showing them uh, that cube thing. And uh, I want to show you the gray, uh, the mud hut here in a second coming up. There's, that's how they lived in this village here. I mean, it was pretty, it, it, it touches your heart. You can see they, they cook out there and they hang their clothes out and they still use grass as, as some of their uh, roofing. There's the mud hut that kind of got, I, I took several pictures of that because I couldn't believe people would still live in a mud hut, a thatched roof. They depend a lot on goats for, for, uh, for meat, but mostly for milk for the kids. Malaria, malaria is the number one infectious disease killer in Africa. It's, it's hard to believe that a mosquito could do that. 655,000 each year, one child every 60 seconds. So, so it, it's so I mean just just these statistics. I mean just it just captures your heart. How could a little little baby die? And. Uh, and that's why I said, you know, God, Lord, here I am, send me. And it's just like if it, any way we could help. Um, is that it? Anyway, uh, we, we built the one well. And uh, so the village next to them got jealous and they wanted, why can't you build us a well? So anyway, we raised the money, but we wanted to do it cheaper this time. So we thought, well, instead of all the electrical thing and the osmosis and thing, we'll do a hand pump. And that's what we did. They got clean water. And I think I think the first well was 300 feet, and I think we 150 feet to 300 feet is what, we, what we're digging. So anyway, we, we dug another one with a hand well, and it shows people drinking that pure, clean water. So now we're on our 14th well. Yeah, so anyway, we thought we were going to stop at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a in the north. There's a thing called river blindness, and it's uh it's because the parasites breed in that stagnant, dirty, filthy water. It bites the kids, and they go blind. And uh, and we've taken care of a lot of that too. And now, after all these wells, the malaria and and diseases have gone down fifty percent with clean water. Fifty percent in those areas. So, I mean, wa water's life. Water's life over there. It's just, uh, uh, it, it's, you know, clean water. And we, we take it so much for granted over here. And, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's pretty much it. Just uh, uh. <laughs> but anyway, when we realized it was mostly water, that's that's when the the wells come. Now we can focus more on the medical clinics. And we sent tables over there, medical tables with the midwives and all that. They deliver babies. And some of those kids die at childbirth without medical attention. I mean, it's unbelievable how many of the uh, uh, kids that die over there. And let me see. That's just about it. I'd like to read uh, Luke 10, 1. Do you have that, Susie? The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them, sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And basically, you know, again, that prayer, I mean, we all can't go to Africa, and, and I realize that. And a lot of people go to uh, other places as missions. Rod's got, got a heart now for mission work. And, uh, uh, yeah, Karen and Haiti, and, and she's gone a lot of other places other than Haiti, too. But just pray, dear Lord, um, uh, that the Lord would bless us and, 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 and us. And, and you're, you got, I wish we could take every one of you. I'd love to take you over there and let you see. And you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same when you come back. And if you are racist over here, there's no way you can be a racist and go to Africa and come back. There's just no possible way. You love those people. You fall in love with them. And uh, it's just, just pray. I'll say a prayer here. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Father God, that people's hearts will be touched, Lord. And if they can, uh, Lord, for this mission work, for, for the people here in the, in the church, Rod and, and, and Karen, Lord, and whatever you put on their heart, Lord, that they would just pray, Lord. If they can't give anything to us, that's okay. Lord, we just pray, Father God, that their hearts will be open. And, Father, that they have a mission, a heart for missions. A heart, Lord, that someday they can go somewhere, Lord, that they want to go. And, Lord, just open up their eyes and their minds, Father God. And we just pray your blessings on all of them, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. And we thank you for this church and the people here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, guys. Oh, this all came about after Thursday night Bible study, so I kind of put you on the spot when I called you, and you guys did a great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, for years, my money went places I couldn't or wouldn't go. You can be in the mission field without being in the mission field. Your prayers can be in the mission field. Your money can be in the mission field. And maybe you never go, but you know what? You went. Because part of your heart went. So we're going we're gonna to take offering all month of June for this. And then at the end of June, we're going to probably match some to it. Charlie? Charlie wants to say something. Okay, good. So we're going to, you know, if any mission giving in the month of June is going to go towards Ghana. So... Thank you. Thank you guys very much. I had an experience in Ghana. Um, I was actually reading about the El Mino slave castle one time, and Holy Ghost said to me, I'm going to take you to that castle and show you the roots of racism in America. And so uh, Dr. Kingsley Fletcher uh, actually asked me to go with him, and I was in Ghana, had an encounter with an angel in front of um, Slave Castle. But the interesting thing was is that everybody says, you know, go to Africa. It'll pull your heart. You'll see all the poor. I traveled with a king. We had military escort. We stayed on the beach in our hut. I didn't see the poor. I just didn't. I mean, y'all can travel that way. I don't travel that way. But what I want to say to you is the trip we were on, we were with 
um, some doctors uh, from Houston, I believe. They brought $250,000 worth of medicines. And they tried to because of the people we were with was connected to the government. And it was a test to find out how they could distribute a quarter of a million dollars worth of medicines and designate it to get to these villages that Dan and Terry are talking about. So I was involved with those governmental meetings. We met with the, the Ministry of uh, Education, the Ministry. We, we met with those people. That was the trip I was on. And we came to the conclusion that it was so much corruption in the government that if you didn't have somebody on the ground showing up, you would not get the effect of your dollar. And that's what I came away with on my trip. Plus, you know, I had my own, you, you know, I'm one of those type A personalities that you talk about. I was, I was, I was on the airplane ride home. I'm like, you know, I'm not real happy with you, God. Cause I expected, you know, like Gabriel, the archangel or an angel to show up. And, you know, I only get this one encounter and he's like, well, what was your roommate's name? I was like, Angel Gonzalez. He goes, there's your angel. You know, the, the driver of the limo, his name was Gabriel. I'm like, okay, I got everything I asked for. But, but, but what I'm saying is, is, that, is that we want to support this medical missionaries. We want to support it because I believe it's outside of that government corruption. And it's in the hands of the kingdom. And, it, and, it's, and it's definitely established and it's definitely working. And, and you know... There, there's something about, like, when I went and had my encounter at the um, El Mino Slave Castle, um, the Lord showed me the Underground Railroad of the African slaves escaping America. And I'm not sent to Africa. I'm sent to America. But in Africa, I found the heart of God for our land. And I came back from that encounter on foreign soil and I ministered for almost two years that America needs to prepare for black leadership at the highest level. People thought I was crazy until Barack Obama got elected. Okay, so God took that off the table with that. The first trip that Barack Obama took as our president, he was being interviewed by Anderson Cooper next to the same cannon that I had an encounter with that angel. I mean, I've got pictures when I was there and when he was there. What I'm saying, as, as, a, we're, as a small church, we're, we're sowing into Haiti through Karen. We're sowing into Mexico. We're, I want to sow into to Ghana. But, but there comes a point in time when you can't find out what God wants for your life. Go somewhere. Get out of your comfort zone and go somewhere. I mean, if you're like me and you travel five-star and you don't see the poor, that's cool. You know, not everybody needs a porta potty <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, I traveled with a king. The guy I was with was, was a king. I, I learned something. We stopped at this little booth where they do carving, and then they, they take these little carvings and stuff, and they go to a craw, and they sell it. And we stopped on the way back, and, and, and I asked for a lion. I want, a, I, want no, I want Leo, big lion, and nobody had it. The next morning, at about 6.30, the concierge comes to my, my bungalow, and he says, we think they're looking for you. And they had this lion that they had carved, and it was still wet with paint and they wouldn't take my money and I said to the country I said that's kind of because I'm the white guy with the money he said did you request a large yes he says were you traveling with the king yesterday Johnny goes be careful what you ask for when you travel with a king So I don't know if any of you know, but I went to Kampala. And I stayed there for 10 days. 
And when I went there, it's the most humblest thing because they cooked all their stuff with coal. I didn't stay in a hotel. I stayed with the pastor in his house. And I had to have a net over my bed because there was no air conditioning. There was two light bulbs in the house, and that's it. And when I got to sleep in the bed, the net was over me and everything. And I could see all the bugs flying in there. So I I got to minister at their church, which is his name is Pastor Grace. So we do have a connection in Kampala, if you ever wanted to go there. We got to uh we got to go into the city and they built a stage at a bamboo. It was incredible. They did just these 10 people come. They built a stage and we preached right in the middle of Kampala where it was the most busiest. The only way that you can get around was on a little motorcycle or we had a guy that was a driver that we paid before before we even went down there. We had everything paid and we were able to feed the church too. So let me tell you it was it was the most humbling thing for me to, when I went. And it changed my life. Christy can tell you. She didn't get to go. She was sick. So I got to go with an, her, uh, another pastor and his wife. And, and it was something because it was so much warfare before I was going. And I got on the, the plane and the seat. And, he, and I'm, a, I'm a big guy. The seat was so little. And my legs are cramping up. And I'm telling you, you spend eight hours on one plane, four hours on another plane, and then on a, and then you're able to get off and then you go. And it was just, it was something. But on the way, and then on the way back, it was different. It was like it was the war. There was no warfare. It was like completely different. But we got to minister to kids, we didn't have a doctor, but we would pray for people, and they would get healed. That was the most blessing thing to see, how the people would get healed. God would heal, boom, instantly. The kids come up sick, snot coming out of their nose, going through things, and it was like God was just moving on there. But we do have a place in Kampala, if if. If that ever comes up that, you know, I was telling Chrissy that I would love to go there. I don't know when I could, but I know we have, an, we're able to get there and go minister in the church. And you can actually stay. Oh, he's got an American toilet now. When I was there, there was no American toilet. So I understood where you, where you had to go to the restroom. And the only way that you got to take a shower it was the bucket way. They would heat up your water, and it, I was doing the bucket shower. And let me tell you, you'll want to fast there because you weren't interested in going to the restroom after a couple of times. So for seven days, I didn't eat. I fasted. But there was a reason for that, and I believe it was when we were praying for the sick, they were being healed. So I just wanted to share that. But if you have not ever went there, go and, and it'd be take. I'd love to have a one of your teenagers go to experience that. That would change. That would change their life, and we all know that because when they took them over to the the other place, yeah, Karen took them, and it would change. It's gonna. It would. It's gonna change your life. Thank you, Ted. Yeah, Lord, take them all. So as you go today, grab a, some of the soap and the, the, the giveaway that they have. And um, pray, you know, you, maybe you didn't come today prepared to give. That's okay. Go home and pray about it. We got a month. So, Lord, we just thank you for the day. We thank you for Ghana and and your heart for those people and that you have expressed it to us. And Lord, we just ask that you um, speak to us about this country and its needs and um, your work there. Lord, we thank you. We ask that you watch over us this week as we go. 
And uh, Lord, we lift up all of our military families for tomorrow as Memorial Day, and we thank you for the honor that we have for our military in this country and all the sacrifices they have made. And um, we ask that you remind us of that tomorrow, Lord. And it is a nice day to have a hot dog or a hamburger with family, but it's really more about what we're celebrating, Lord, and that is those who have gone before us and gave the ultimate sacrifice. So in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.